0: Well, Good morning, Coastal Church. Good to see you this morning. Make sure my microphone is on. Yep, there we go. All right, good morning. Good to see you guys this morning. Thank you for coming early. Thank you, worship team. I knew some big strapping guy would help me out. Thank you, sir. Um, do me a favor. If you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to continue in our series called Guarding the Gospel. Uh, and there's a handout in your bulletin. You can follow along with me while you're getting there. Let me bring t- your attention a couple really important things. First of all, our students got home last night, had an amazing time. Thank you for your prayers for them. And uh, I know that, yeah, you can clap. I'm glad. I, I, we sent 43, came home 43. So that's a good thing, all right? So great job on the leadership team there. And uh, yeah, thanks for uh, bringing them home safe And I know God did some great things A second announcement I want to make to you If you're a church member, okay If you're a member of Coastal Community Church, okay And and by the way, let me just say this too I'll I'll use this as a teaching point, okay Um, We uh, we take membership seriously at Coastal Community Church We want you to be committed to your local church And we're committed to you And uh, uh, part of that commitment is to make sure you're developing As an authentic follower of Christ And so... Uh, So because of that, we're very specific in our membership uh, process. And one of the things we do, and the way we do that, we want you to be a part of our our membership class. We call that our We Are Coastal class. We ask that you go through that. Okay, going through that class doesn't make you a member. Okay, that's the first step. The second step is to meet with an elder. Uh, We want you to sit down with one of the key leaders of Coastal Community Church and get to know them. And then if you ever have questions or, man, I'm wondering what's going on, you can always talk to your elder. Maybe uh, there's some personal challenges in your life you'd like to talk to a spiritual leader, uh, that's kind of your elder. That's a way to get to know that person and talk to them. Uh, and so that, that, that is the second step in becoming a member of Coast Green Church. And then we ask you to sign a membership commitment. Um, that's the third step. And then we do something a little bit different at Coastal. We ask our members to do an annual kind of recommitment so we know who's in. It keeps our roles clean and lets us know who we're accountable to as leadership uh, and lets you know that you're in. And so members, you should have gotten an email this week, okay, about some constitutional changes that we need to make. If you didn't get an email, Uh, there's a couple possibilities. One, maybe you haven't fulfilled all those steps, and we want to help you fulfill those, right? Number two, uh, we are having some problems with some people's emails. And so do me a favor, go to the Connect Center if you're in either of those two, and, uh, and just let us know so we can get that straightened out. Does that make sense? Everybody with me on that? Kind of like, I don't know. Okay, yeah, so go to the Connect Center, all right? And then make sure you get a copy of the Constitution. We do have some changes coming up, and uh, they're important. I laid that out a couple weeks ago. And uh, you can read that for yourself, and we have to vote on that as membership. Okay, so make sure you do that. Number two, second announcement. I know you guys have been praying about this. Continue to pray. We're, we're looking to close on what will be the new home of Coastal Community Church, the Old Kroger Building, on Tuesday, okay? So keep praying about that. A lot of logistical energy behind the scene to get there, okay? So so there's still some steps to be taken. Continue to pray. But here's what that means for you, okay? Uh, Assuming we close on Tuesday and all that goes well, we are gonna start demoing the building. We've allotted about three weeks of volunteer demolition, okay? And there is a job for everyone. You may say, well, I got a bad back. Listen, there's a job for you. If you've got some physical limitations, there's still a place that you can sign up. And some of you all are experts at this stuff. I know my teenage boys can demo anything in my house, okay? So um, so yeah, there's a place for you. So on your way out today at the kiosk, Jeff Fry, who's heading that up for Coastal Community Church, and some of his team will be there to sign you up. There's different areas that you can sign up. Pick a spot, pick a time, sign up and demo so we can get this thing cleared out. And then we can begin the construction phase. Isn't that good stuff? Exciting. Isn't it, Coastal Community Church? So way to go. Excited about that. Uh, worship team, great job today. I was, uh, I was a little nervous. I sat down in the front row, and there's an orange book there that says, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Playing the Bass Guitar. So I got nervous this morning, and the worship team pulled it off. They did a great job. So uh, apparently didn't need that guide. First Timothy 4. Uh, this is a great passage of Scripture. It's one of my favorites. I was uh, years ago. I coached my son when my oldest son was probably five or six years old. I coached him in in soccer, and uh, he was always timid. He was never aggressive to the ball, uh, and he wasn't a bad soccer player, but he was just he just lacked aggression. And so I was trying to think of ways as his coach and as his dad to motivate him. And so one day after practice, I sat him down on the way home. We're driving home, and I said, "Son, listen." you're, and I use the term Lucy. I said, you're one of the fastest kids on the team. And so you need to be more aggressive. That was a partial truth. I mean, you know, he was in the top 10 out of 11 kids, oh, the fastest of the team, you know? And so I was like, you know, you know, just, you got to be more aggressive, be fast, use your speed to go after the ball. And he's like, okay, dad, I will. Next practice, we were at practice and he's lining up to do a drill. And he looks at the kid next to him. He says, I am the fastest person in the world. That's what he said. And a kid looked at him like, what are you, a freak show? Like, you're not the fastest person in the world. But I realized that he he thought, man, Dad said it, so it must be true, right? It's got to be true. This morning, you know, I want to bring you a passage of Scripture, and here's the deal. Our Heavenly Father has said it. So it's true, okay? And we're going to talk about how your life, can make an impact for the gospel of Christ. And in fact, I'm going I'm to be using the, uh, and I'll bring this full circle at the end, okay, but I'm going to be using the, the line, the power of a compounding life. And what I mean by that is this idea that, that, you know, if you're if you're in the finance world, you know the power of compounding interest, right, and how that builds over time. And there's a great financial power. Well, there's a great financial, there, I mean, there's a great spiritual power to, to living your daily life according to the instructions our Heavenly Father has given us for the glory and fame of Christ that compounds itself over eternity. And it gives us hope, church, and it gives us purpose, You're not just here on earth to muddle through it and get by. You are here to make a difference for the glory of God and the fame of Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul gives Timothy, this pastor, instructions on what that looks like. Now, you know, we've been unpacking this letter now for most of the summer and we've talked about how, you know, the Apostle Paul uh, teaches us how to s- establish a church in order to guard the gospel so that the gospel of Christ may be unleashed. And in this section, the Apostle Paul starts by addressing Timothy and he says, Timothy, listen, don't let anybody look down on you, until you because, you're, because of your youth or because you're young. Okay, so if you're in this room, at the beginning of this passage, I'm actually going to be addressing young people, all right? I'll let you determine if you fit in that category or not, okay? I'm not here to determine an age group for that, but I love this passage. When I was a young pastor, when I was even a teenage young man, I spent a lot of time looking at this passage and letting it challenge me to grow. There's some people to say this section of the letter is the purpose statement, now, I would probably disagree with that, but I think there's a lot of merit to that, that Paul is addressing this young pastor and say, listen, you can make an impact, okay? And so I want to give you this. But before we start this morning on the passage, I want to begin with the end of the teaching in mind, okay? So let me give you the verse we're going to end with so that you can know we are focusing to this verse, okay? First Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. The apostle Paul says to Timothy, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching." Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Think about that. Keep a close watch in your life as you journey because eternity is at stake. There's there's an eternal nature to your soul. And to salvation, now does, does Timothy's salvation depend on him? No, of course not. We understand the gospel of Christ by grace alone, through faith alone. But now there's this sanctifying process. There's this process where you're growing to be more like Christ. And Paul says, listen, you, you keep watching yourself. And Timothy, not only is it going to impact you, but it's going to impact others. Your life impacts others. And so let's transition, okay? So here we go. So Paul says, that's the end. That's where we're going to end up, all right? So let's talk about the power of the compounding life or how to make an impact for the gospel. Paul t- starts, Timothy, he says, listen, the issue is not, is not your age, but it's your character. Character, not age. Now, there are some young people here, all right? So I'm going to talk to you this morning. I want to talk to you young people this morning because this is a passage that I hope will sink into your heart your father has said it so it must be true first timothy chapter 4 verse 12 paul says to young timothy the pastors don't let anyone think less of you because you are what church because you're what because you're young it's not age in fact i'm going to tell you something parents okay parents of young people don't dumb down the holiness or righteousness standard just because your your children are young we do that in our culture. I'm gonna come back to that in a minute, but man, let's raise the standard of holiness and righteousness for our children. Because Paul tells me no, it's not the issue's not age. The issue's character. Paul says, be an example to all the believers in what you say, in how in in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and in your purity. Let's park here for a minute. Young people can be an example to others, can make an impact. Have a compounding life in the way they speak. In your speech. Your speech makes a difference. Why is speech so important? Well, Matthew 15, Jesus said this. But the words you speak come from where? They come from the heart. Do you ever say something and it surprises you? What's in your heart? It surprises me sometimes. Like, where, where'd that come from? Is that in there? And it leads me to repentance and faith. Like, man, God, that really isn't. Why? Because Jesus said, your, what comes out of your mouth is in your heart. And it's your heart that defiles you, not your words. The Bible says what comes out of your mouth is what's really inside of you. Your speech reflects how much of the gospel has your heart. It gives you an opportunity to repent and believe. And i to tell you something, young people. I would love to see a generation that stands up and says, you know what, my speech is going to reflect my worship of Christ. I would love to see young people say, you know what, the next time the group starts gossiping, I'm going to check out. I'm not going to be a part of that. I would love to see a group of young people that respect and honor their parents with their words and with their attitude. I'd love to see a group of young people that, you know, are a change. They're not fitting in with everybody else because when everyone else starts cussing and, and you know, I've, I've heard this said, you know, I had somebody come to me once and say, Pastor, you know, I'm really struggling with cussing. Well, I never hear you cuss. Well, of course I'm not going to do it around you. Well, just pretend I'm with you all the time. How about that? Just pretend I'm near you. And by the way, our God is with us all the time, Right? And the issue for me with cussing is it's less about the words, and usually it has a lot more to do with fitting in with the culture, right? Man, I'm long, your idol is, I'm longing to fit in with my peers, so I got to talk like them. And I'm longing for a group of young men and young women to say, you know what, I'm going to be different for the glory of God and the fame of Christ in the way I talk. Paul goes on to say, Timothy, it's not age, it's your life, it's your conduct, in the way you live. Right, simple question. Simple question for everybody in this room. If you were put on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Hmm. Hmm. Would people just see a people just see a good American citizen, or would they see someone fired up for Christ? Probably know the story of Daniel, right, young Daniel. King passed a law; they weren't to pray anymore. Daniel made sure he prayed in front of his window. (laughs) Right? I'm going to make sure the world knows who I'm worshiping. Our life and our conduct need to reflect that we're followers of Jesus. Paul goes on to say, Timothy, don't let anybody look down on you, young, but but show show Christ in the way that you love. Love deeply, right? It's the great commission, the great commandment of Christ. Remember, He was well, Jesus was one time asked to sum it all up. What did Jesus say? He said, "Love God with, with all your love, love God and love others." That's boiling it down, all right. We need a generation of people, young people say, you know what, I'm fired up for God. I'm going to live for him in all things, and, and, and I'm going to love others deeply. And we need a generation of young people that rise up and say, you know what, I'm going to be the first to love. I'm going to be the first to forgive. I'm going to be the first to mend broken relationships. I'm going to be the one that stands for justice. I'm going to be the one that demonstrates the love of Christ. We need young people to do that to make a difference, the power of a compounding life. And I'm going to tell you something, young people, if you get started young, man, your life compounds. It makes a bigger difference. I really believe that. And by the way, if you don't believe me, and and there's some people in this room that came to Christ later in life, grab one of them and ask them, do you wish you had started your journey with Christ earlier? Every single one of them go, yep, sure do. I sure do. Because it'll make your your life compounds. Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but rather in your faith. By the way, what's faith? Hebrews eleven six says it is impossible to please God without what? Church, faith. You got to walk in faith. And what is faith? It's not faith in faith, right? We talked about it a couple weeks ago. What is faith? Faith means that you take God at His word. You read His word, you know who He is, and you live accordingly in faith. It means it's going to be countercultural at times. It means the culture is going to be going this way, and you're going to say, you no, know what? No, God's word says this way, and I'm going to go this way. It means that you, that, that, that your, your life is going to be out of your comfort zone from time to time. It means God's going to stretch you because you're going to be living according to his promises and according to his character. Faith says, I'm not going to see what the world sees. I'm going to, I'm going to see what God sees, what, do, what God has declared over me. I'm going to stop living according to the words that some abusive parent or father or mother said to me into my ear. And I'm going to believe the promises that God has spoken over to me as his child. That's what faith sees. Faith is clinging to the promises of God when the results can't be tested. Faith doesn't see too young Faith says, God, you can use young people. By the way, everybody in the room, okay, I know I've been kind of preaching to the young people. Many of the Bible stories that we love, you know what the age of some of these great Bible stories of the people involved? Many of them were teenagers. Did you know that? Joseph. I mean, we know a lot of the story of Joseph. He, he was a teenager for much of the great stories that we look at and go, man, that's a great thing. He, was, he lived by faith and made an impact. David and Goliath, David was probably a teenager. When the God cursing Philistine, David goes up and goes, Wait a minute, the armies, we, we can't stand for that. We got we to live for the name of our God, Yahweh, that we trust. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got th- thrown in the fire first, were probably teenagers. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was probably a teenager. And parents, let me challenge you with this. I hinted at this earlier. Let me bring this full circle. Like, we have got to stop telling our teenagers that, you know, well, they're just going to do fill in the blank anyway, fill in some sin or unrighteousness. They're just going to do that anyway. We've got to stop lowering the expectation, and we need to start raising the expectation. Oh, they're going to, they're going to test their sexuality anyway, they're going to drink anyway. They're going to do whatever anyway. Let's stop with that. Parents, let's raise the expectation of our teenagers are not too young to make an impact for Christ. That's what Paul challenges Timothy with. Faith doesn't see too old and faith doesn't see too young. Faith doesn't even see a messed up life. Faith says if a person repents and believes, God will use that messed up life to bring glory and fame to Christ. Faith is being obedient even when you don't know the outcome or you're perceived to be different. Faith is saying that my goal in life is not to get through life safe, soft, easy, and comfortable. Faith says, God, you can use my life to bring glory to yourself. Paul says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but instead. Final thing is this. Instead, walk in purity. Walk in purity. The idea here? The word here is the idea of sexual purity. Be pure sexually. Now I don't have time to unpack this, okay? When I was a youth minister, I used to get asked this question all the time by my students, right? Touch on how far is too far? How far can I go sexually and still like be honor the Lord? To which I said that you're asking the wrong question. The question is what does purity look like? Your your pursuit is to be pure. And if you'll pursue purity, it honors the Lord and it sets your life up to make an, an impact for the gospel of Christ. And young people, I'm here to tell you, okay? If you will pursue purity, it sets your life up for compounding impact for the glory and fame of the gospel of Christ. No doubt about it. Pursue purity. And by the way, when it comes to sex, okay? God's not... Surprised by our sexual desires, he gave them to us. Doesn't shock God, okay? And God doesn't call sex a bad thing. So if you leave church, he's, there's a preacher talking about sex. Sex isn't a bad thing. But God has given the manual, if you will, for it to work and function the best for our good. And it's in the bonds of marriage. One man, one woman committed to one another. In, that, in those boundaries, sex is good and healthy, Right? I always say this, I, I compare sex to fire. Is fire good or is fire bad? So I'm like, I don't know. Okay? It's it's neutral in a sense, right? I love having a nice fire when it's contained properly in my fireplace, in my grill with a nice burger over it, okay? But I don't want it running through my attic. All right. That's not how I want fire to be unleashed. And that's a great illustration of sex and sexuality. It's the difference between having the fire run through your attic and the fire doing something that's healthy and good. And Paul says, listen, you're not too young, but you got to pursue purity. And my prayer is that we will have a, a group of young people that says, you know what, I'm going to be countercultural. I'm not going to do like everyone else does. I'm going to pursue purity in the belief that God is going to use my life to make an impact for the gospel of Christ, which is for how long, church? Eternity, right? Man, I can make, I can make a compounding difference for all of eternity. Now, the second point. I changed last night, okay? So one of the dangers, I I try to work ahead on my sermon. One of the dangers of that is because there's certain print material and stuff I have to get out, is when I come back to it the night before, I go, you know what? I don't think that's what I want to say there, and I think I want to tweak this a little bit. So you can scratch out your main point, all right? Originally, I said this is a pastor job description, and that's certainly a point you can draw from this verse. Here's what I want to draw from this. If we're going to make a difference with our lives, we need to be in Christian community because this verse, 1 Timothy 4.13, talks a lot about community, Paul talks about his visit. He wants to visit the church of Ephesus. He says, until I get there, focus on the reading of the scriptures to the church. Okay, that's community. Encouraging the believers. That's community. And teaching them. All right? The power of a compounding life to make an impact for the gospel. Paul's very clear. You need to be in community. And community looks like being in the word, rubbing shoulders with other believers, and teaching one another. And by the way, if you're new to coastal, you've been investigating, you're like, Man, I don't really know how to get into community. How do I you know, it's a large group, three services, you know, a lot of people walking around here. How do I get in the community? Listen, I wanna encourage you, come to our community life launch on Friday night. August the 28th, okay, 7 o'clock. That's a, that's a great on-ramp. So you know what? I'm not just going to sit in, a front, in straight rows facing forward. That's part of what we do at Coastal, but that's not how we develop authentic followers of Christ. You have to be in a small group community, and a community life launch is a great on-ramp to fulfilling this so that your life can make an impact, is to be a part of a church, Be a part of a church that reads the scriptures. Be a part of a church where you're close enough to rub shoulders with other believers that can encourage you and you can encourage them. Listen, did you know that that when you're in a small group, there's gonna be an opportunity for your life to impact somebody else? You're going to go through something. There's going to be something in your past that somebody in your small group is going to share. And you're going to go, hey, you know what, I, I kind of went through that. And here's what God did in the middle of that. And that's going to encourage somebody. And then there's going to be a time when you're going through something and someone else can encourage you. That's part of what it means to be in community. It's to rub shoulders, grow closer to Christ uh, together, as well as teaching and learning from the word of God. We have to be in Christian community. That's how our life, make, life makes an impact, okay? The third thing is this. Christian community is essential to grow like Christ, and then Paul instructs us, if you want your life to make an impact, you need to use your gift, or your, you, maybe you can put the word spiritual. Use your spiritual gift. First Timothy 4.14, Paul says this to Timothy. I love this. Listen to this. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. You have a spiritual gift, church, If you're here this morning and you're a Christian, the Bible's very clear that you have a gift that is to be used to serve the body of Christ. That's how you make an impact. It's how you make an eternal impact. Paul goes on to say it's a neglect if you're not using your gift to serve the church body. Church, it's not enough to sit here and week in and week out and sit in straight rows, face forward, and not serve others. You have a gift to use, and you're to use it to to build up and encourage the body of Christ. That is how we make an impact for the glory of God for all of eternity. This is why we at Coastal, you know, we we, we say we're developing as authentic followers of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? It's connect, grow, serve. We didn't just decide one day that would be a neat slogan okay we've read our bible we said you know what we, we think there's a to grow to, uh, to grow in the teaching of christ there's a corporate aspect where we gather corporately and we sing and we learn from the word of god but man there's a there's a community aspect which which small groups that are vehicles develop in community and then there is a serving aspect we want you to serve in a ministry of coastal and a mission of coastal we want you to use your gift, find a place to serve. And if you're not serving, the body of Christ is worse off for it. Maybe you're sitting here you're like, man, I don't even know what my gift is. I don't really know how to plug in. Listen, August the 22nd, all right, we're having our We Are Coastal class. That's kind of the on-ramp to membership, but it's also the on-ramp to discovering your gift and finding a place where you can plug in. If you've been coming to Coastal for a long, long time and you haven't yet you know, joined in membership or you don't know what your gift is, come to the class. Okay, it's a great class. We're going to help you discover what your gift is. And man, how can I serve in this local body? Because Paul says, don't neglect the gift that God has given you. And it's easy to get lazy. And man, we we have a compounding life and we use the gift that God has given us. And finally, the apostle Paul says this, we're to to honor the Lord and we're we're to make an impact with our lives by serving the Lord with our whole heart, our whole heart as an overflow, as an act of worship. Paul says this in 1 Timothy 4.15, he says, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Literally, this means to practice. When Paul says give your complete attention, it means to practice or to plot or to plan. To do over and over and over. I, I read years ago when I grew up in Baltimore, I was a Baltimore Orioles fan, uh, Most probably the most famous Baltimore Orioles player is a guy by the name of Cal Ripken Jr. I read somewhere that Cal Ripken Jr. hit hundreds of balls a day off of a batting tee, Right? And I know when I used to coach baseball, you know, my, my players would be like, oh, coach, I don't want to hit off a tee. It's so stupid, you know, it's just boring. It's like what the little kids do. You know, it's funny that we call the little kids game tee ball, right? And we think we kind of get away from that. But, man, Calroo can practice every day. Yet in our spiritual gifts, sometimes we think, oh, it doesn't need any practice. It doesn't need any honing. It doesn't need any attention. Listen, if you sign up for a ministry, I'm going to tell you something. It, it's going to, you're going to have to give attention to it. You're gonna have to improve, and it's gonna, and like I said last week, it's gonna be difficult. One of the things I say about vocational ministry, I always say this to young people that are praying about and thinking about. I say, listen, vocational ministry, and I think, and I'm gonna kind of expand this. I think all ministry, okay, when you're serving other people for the glory of God, the fame of Christ. Listen, it's got higher highs and it's got lower lows right? It's got some highs, man, where you serve somebody and there are people coming to you and go, man, you made a huge difference in my life. And there will be times where you serve people and they break your heart and you just got to be ready for that. Paul says, you got to throw yourself into this wholeheartedly. And so if you sign up to serve, man, church, you got to immerse yourself. That's what Paul says. Immerse yourself into these things. Don't, by the way, don't sign up for a ministry and then not do it. All right? If you sign up to be a greeter, if you sign up at Coastal to be a greeter, like I, or or, or parking lot attendant, okay, and I can't stress to you how important that is. In fact, one of the reasons when we do a baptism that we bring everybody in here. We, we, we bring in the children's ministry because I want everybody to know like, like when someone stands up here and they profess Jesus Christ as Lord, they were once in death and darkness and they've been saved by the gospel of Christ. Like you, Everybody in this room is a part of that if you're serving in ministry. When a greeter, when someone comes in, you never know when someone's going to walk in. And some of us have been here a long, long time. You know, we've been coming to church. And by the way, I love that last song that we sang. And Pastor Joey introduced it as a new song. How many of y'all sung that song as a kid? Am I the only one? Like six of us. I was, I was like, I ain't a new song. I was singing this when I was five. Okay, so, you know, but it all kind of comes full circle. It's new to some people. So, but you know, but you know we, some of you have been coming here a long time, but man, there's going to be somebody each week that walks in here, and they haven't been to church in a long, long time, and they're hurting, and the first face they see is you as the parking lot attendant. And you can make a huge difference with a smile and a welcome. And then they come in and they meet a greeter, you know, and if we're kind of huddled up and we're in our little holy huddle and we don't have eyes for somebody that may be coming here for the first time, man, or maybe you signed up and you didn't show up this week and there's just nobody at that door spot this week, that can make a huge difference. Paul says immerse yourself in your ministry. I've seen people stand up here and give testimony at their baptism of how the children's check-in person made a difference. That's cool, isn't it? They didn't say one thing about Pastor Sean's sermon. He just yells a lot, okay? Man, they felt welcome and they felt loved. And that's huge. And Paul says, immerse yourself in these things. Take the time, improve, practice. And then Paul finishes with progress. Timothy, progress. Nobody's perfect, we're all improving. We should be, that's why, it, it, you know, when we wrote out our, our uh, vision statement at Coastal, we were very careful to use the word developing because nobody's arrived. We're, we're, deve- we're progressing as authentic followers of Jesus Christ. We're growing so that our lives can make an impact. And so, church, the result of your life, for the gospel of Christ, when you focus on character and not age, when you're in Christian community, when you use the gift that God has given you, when you serve God with your whole heart. Paul concludes this section to Timothy by saying this, Timothy, keep close watch on how you live. It's all the stuff we just said. Timothy, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. The impact is eternal. The gospel of Jesus Christ is furthered. The church, I always say this, and we say this in our We Are Close class, the church should be growing both spiritually and numerically. I know sometimes I get pushback back on that. Pastor, you're only talking about numbers. I say, I only talk about numbers because every number represents a person and people are important to God and therefore they need to be important to us. And every member of this church has an opportunity to make an impact for the glory of Christ. It's the power of a compounding life. And let me illustrate this and then we'll close with prayer. I want you to imagine that I offered you a job today. And I'm gonna let you choose. I need you to work for me for the next 35 days, and I'm gonna let you choose how you're gonna get paid. Okay? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna offer you two ways you can get paid. Number one, you can get paid $1,000 a day for the next 35 days. So, at the end of 35 days, you're gonna make $35,000 guaranteed. Or, I'm gonna offer you, I'm gonna offer to compound your, your salary starting at one cent. Day one, I'm going to pay you one cent, and I'm going to double that. Day two, I'm going to pay you two cents, and I'm going to double that. And day three, I'm going to offer you four. I'm going to pay you four cents. Day four, I'm going to double that. Go on, on. Does that make sense? You guys tracking with me? So here's the deal. Okay, at the end of the first week, if you choose the first way, you're going to make seven thousand dollars, thousand dollars a day. If you choose the second salary, at the end of the first week, you're going to make sixty four cents. All right which one are you going to choose? You're being set up, aren't you? You're trying to do the math in your head. Here's the deal. Okay. If you choose the first way, I'm going to make a thousand dollars a day for 35 days. You're going to come home with what? Anybody know? Come on, math majors, $35,000. All right. If you choose the compounding way where your money's doubled every day, guess how much you're going to make at the end of 35 days? One hundred and sixty-nine million seven hundred and twenty-eight thousand dollars. It's amazing, right? It's the it's the power of compounding, as opposed to just adding. Imagine if your life has the power to compound over eternity. This is only this illustration is only working with the financial people, probably. All right, like wow, all right. But imagine if your life has the power to compound over eternity. Well, how's it going to do that? Focus on the little things in the daily. Focus on growing to be more like Jesus as an overflow of worship in your speech, in your life, in your love, in your faith, in your purity, by being a part of Christian community using your spiritual gift to serve others, and serving wholeheartedly as an act of worship. And I think your life will know the power of compounding for all eternity. That's making a difference, isn't it? Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, how encouraging to know that in Christ our life makes a difference. And Heavenly Father, I want to pray right now for the young people in this room. And we live in a culture that's telling us that our young people, they're just going to indulge their flesh anyway. So we might as well just organize around that. Heavenly Father, I reject that. I pray for the young people in this room that they're going to say, you know what, I'm going to, it's not about age, it's about character. It's about letting the gospel message of Christ sink deeply enough into my heart that I'm going I'm to honor God in my speech and in my conduct and in my love for God and others and in my faith and in my purity. I'm going to honor God in those things. And in that, God, I pray that you'll compound their lives for the glory and fame of Christ. That we'd have a generation of people say, you know what, I'm done settling for less we're going to raise the standard, and the standard's going to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, help us to be a church. We have spiritual gifts to be used for the body. Help us to plug in and use them. Help us to live in community as we gather with brothers and sisters in Christ, and we encourage one another, and we teach one another, and we gain wisdom from one another. God, in doing that, I pray that you'll compound our lives for the fame of the gospel of Christ. Because you've told us, man, eternity is at stake. Help us to make a difference. Not by rolling up and trying harder, but by letting the gospel penetrate deeper into our hearts, minds, and lives. And as an act of worship, developing as an authentic father of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. If you're here this morning and you have a prayer need uh, Man, we have people here that want to minister to you We have our prayer team and they're up here on the front row In their purple shirts, man, they would love to minister to you After the service, uh, even during the service now Or after service, they're here to minister to you It's our offering time, if you're a guest with us this morning Thank you so much for being here I do want you to know we're not after your money uh, But this is one of the ways we worship God at Coastal Community Church If you'd like to join us in that, you're certainly welcome to uh, But don't feel an obligation to give um, what we'd love to have from you as a guest, outside we'll that bulletin, is a tear off. If you'd fill that out, drop that in the offering plate. We want to send you a thank you card for coming, and we want to send you a little bit more information about Coastal Community Church. If you have any other needs, you can let us know that by the tear off. And with that, ushers, would you come forward? And Pastor Joey, will you lead us in singing?